The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome to the Legendarium. Yeah. Ryan, did you do a uh, uh, review for our review off? Oh, holy sh... Wow, okay. I can't wait. Good luck, Craig. It's not that strong. I'm not, I'm not a reviver. It just looks really it, long. It may be long, but it's not strong. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's, that's what that's she that's said? <laughs> I figure if the reader doesn't hit, you know, skip 15 seconds at least three or four times in this review, I haven't done my job. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium Podcast. I am Craig Hanks, your host, and this is episode number 183. Today we are talking about two things. Deadpool 2, which <laughs> I'm sure we're all very excited to, to talk about, uh, and Solo, which I, everybody actually saw, as far as I know. <laughs> uh, so, first things first, let's introduce, uh, introduce our panel here. He's luckier than Han's dice and hangs just as asymmetrically. It's Todd Wenty. Let's not talk about my dice. <laughs> and she would cosplay as a Star Wars character, but she's too blonde, too curly, and not nearly nerdy enough. It's Megan Smythe. Blondes don't always have more fun. And <laughs> and he doesn't have much luck with the ladies because he always shoots first. It's a <laughs> it's a very grumpy oh. Ryan Bruckman. Well played, Greedo. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see we'll see how this recording goes. I've already been yelled at once by Ryan today. Um and we've only seen each other for the last 10 minutes. So, uh, so anyway, we'll see how the recording goes. I'm looking forward to it, personally, because um, I want to set some records. Uh, before we get started, <laughs> before we get started, I uh, do want to say thank you very much to everybody on Patreon. If you don't know, uh, then you've never listened to this show. You can go to patreon.com slash legendarium to support the show. And this week... Uh, we did hit a, uh, a milestone, and we want to thank everybody who has contributed. Uh want to thank you very, very much, actually. Uh, it means a lot to us. Every dollar really does count. Um, and it's just, uh, aside from the monetary support, which is uh, more or less necessary for us to keep this thing going, um, it, it's a, it's nice moral support as well. If all yeah. you can give is a buck, it it does help monetarily. Uh, but then it also just kind of sends the signal that you appreciate what we're doing, and and we appreciate that uh, from our end as well. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, if you cannot uh, give at patreon.com slash legendarium, we understand. But if that's the case, just hit up iTunes and leave a review and tell your friends. Those things are valuable as well. Uh, I learned recently, I although I don't know if this is... I don't know for a hundred percent that this is true, but apparently on iTunes, the uh, like new and noteworthy, the stuff that gets featured uh, in the different genres under podcasts depends more on ratings and reviews than it does on downloads. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, you know, I can beg you to tell your friends, and we can get uh, you know tens of thousands more of you listening in, and that it's not that that won't matter. It just won't matter if none of you get on and actually give us a review. So if you enjoy what we do, go leave us a five-star review, leave a comment if you'd like. And if you don't love what we do, forget I said anything. (laughs) Uh, All right. And of course, join the conversation at thelegendarium.reddit.com and find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if for some reason you feel so inclined, I guess. Okay. 
So <laughs> we got some things to talk about. Uh, first of all, first of all, welcome back. It's two weeks since our last episode. Forgive us listeners for we have sinned. Uh, but we're coming off Memorial Day, uh, which is the weekend when Solo came out. Uh, no, wait, was that the weekend before? Has no, it was the weekend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway, it it's, I feel like it's been my entire life since this movie came out. Um, so it, it's been a couple of weeks. I'm really glad to be back in the studio uh, and glad to have all of you guys back here as well. Especially glad that Ken's not here for no other reason than that it's Ken. Um, <laughs> so I hope he hears that. Sucka. Anyway. <laughs> What I wanted to ask you about is we knew that this episode was coming up for quite a little while, and we knew that it was going to be Solo and Deadpool. And as I understand it, I am the only person on this entire podcast who saw both movies. That's, that's that correct. correct. That's correct. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I, and there are reasons for that. One of my favorite lines <laughs> ever, because, you know, because, uh, because I am this person who would say this, uh, did you guys ever see Happy Gilmore yeah, from the yeah. '90s? You know Adam Sandler movie uh, when Shooter McGavin Shooter McGavin uh, shows up. He's playing golf, and all these people are cheering and throwing beach balls. And he says, "Damn you, people! Go back to your shanties." <laughs> <laughs> that is, I, I have more occasion than you might think to uh, recall that line, and that's how I feel about all of you right now. Thank you. Thank so you. let's let's do this first. If you don't care about Deadpool, go ahead and skip ahead. We'll just talk about that for a few minutes now. Um, mash that thirty second forward button a few times and uh, see where we're at. But uh, wait till I, we get to the yelling. That's probably going to be solo. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, so let's start with Deadpool. Have you guys seen Deadpool one? That's yes. the first question. So Ryan, you've seen it all the way through. Yes. Megan, I can't imagine this. This would be your kind of movie. No, not so much. Todd, what about you? Not all the way through. Saw. I. I, I think I was eighty five percent before I said, "Okay, I need to leave now." <laughs> Well, you, need you to, have to get was, off the plane when it lands. It, that, that's the thing. That's the thing. Oh, you were I, on a plane? No, I was in a. I was in a place where the time it was. It was about how much time I had available to me, and I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm it done. wasn't. I gotta go. It wasn't like oh, it wasn't I'm out like of here. Was, this movie is if, terrible. If they ever have like an edited version on ABC Family, that's you know like 20 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, I would totally be, watch that. Yeah, one. it'd be 12. That's yeah. 12 coming out next month. Oh, good. Um, Vid Angel. There you go. <laughs> so I, I let's see how my experience with the first one tracks with you guys. I think we even talked about it briefly in a previous episode. But yes. with the first one, it, Deadpool is as a character and as a concept and as a movie is so Deadpooly that I had a rough time at the end of the movie. Like I was, I was on board. I love Ryan Reynolds. I love his kind of dry sense of humor. Mm. He's great, mm. uh, and I enjoyed the movie. And then by the end of it, it's not like I was hating it or anything but i was kind of done with the concept i was yeah. like okay yeah you got me deadpool that's another joke good one and i was kind of done with it uh would would that be uh todd you don't count because you didn't make <laughs> it to I, the end because i didn't make it to the end Thanks. <laughs> but ryan what about you just real quick deadpool one did you have a similar experience or did you just love it all the way through no i enjoyed it no i enjoyed it all the way through um I, it felt very true to the character and um even the those campy breaking the fourth wall moments and everything that that are so signature Deadpool, I I understand why people why you could get tired of it. It didn't bother me. I, I just I, I was expecting it to be. I you could have run the post credits like him just reading off the names and I'd been like, yeah, that's Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. Um, what so 
the reason I bring up the first movie is because it, when people have asked me for the last couple of weeks, like, oh, did you like it? Should I go see it? The question is always, did, did you, you see, see the, the first, first one? one? Did you like the first one? How much did you like the first one? Because the second one is like, uh, it, it it's number one plus 50%. It's it just cranks everything up to eleven. All the humor, all the fourth wall breaking, uh, everything is cranked up. All of the silliness, all yep. of the zaniness. Well, that's what a sequel should do. So right, that's good right. to hear. And uh, yeah, so th- it, that's exactly right. And so if you liked the original product, this one is. I thought it was even better. Uh, I never got sick of it through this one and it could just be because i knew better what to expect going in mm-hmm. it could um, also be because they did a little less of it it, it felt be. like um at least at least of the of the well, pieces that i've know? seen <laughs> the pieces that i've seen have been more about driving that story rather than about taking those taking those quick shots i'm sorry the pieces that you've seen yes what does that mean so, <laughs> you wander I, through the movie theaters i will i will neither <laughs> confirm nor deny exactly how i've seen bits and pieces uh-huh. do you, do you, are you one of those people when you get out of your movie do you just like sneak in and kind of watch from the aisle for I've, a second and then leave i've never i'm i'm not confirming or denying oh, that gosh. either you're the worst <laughs> you're the actual worst maybe um, maybe anyway so this one i this one was uh it it was, I think, a little bit better constructed as a storyline, but maybe that's just because I'm not a huge fan of origin stories. Uh, I'm not against them, per se. I don't have a huge problem with origin stories, but I prefer um, just a, a you know a regular kind of episodic little story, and that's what this one is. You jump right in. You already know who he is. <laughs> you already know what you're getting into. So, yeah, I I really had a good time with this one, and uh, and I yeah I would highly recommend that everybody go see it if they're into if they that like sort of thing. One. If you're Megan, please please for the love of God don't see this movie. Okay, <laughs> no I guess without VidAngel. <laughs> no, no, don't see this movie. Eh. Well, actually, that's something that. Uh, gosh, this is a soapbox thing, and so I I don't want to go on to it <laughs> too much. But I will say, I with a movie like this especially. Um, if you get like the edited version or something, I feel like that is um, that is an artistic crime, yeah. right? Like if you can't watch it unedited, don't watch it. It's different, you know. It's a little bit different. If you want to see like it, I, re- I remember my favorite example of uh, of edited for TV movies was Speed back in the nineties. Okay, because instead of saying pop quiz asshole, he would say pop quiz hotshot. Like, that's my favorite line in any uh, TV edit ever. Uh, but anyway, this movie would be entirely edits. Like, there would, they'd have a to call it. Yeah. yeah, they'd have to have a second script. Exactly. And so I, I would not be okay with this being on some editing service. One of the things that, I've, that I have gotten a kick out of, perhaps more than any, about this, about the Deadpool franchise more than anything else, is the number of children. Uh, in the theater? Anyone under the age of 12 not only in the 12? theater, yeah, eighteen. It, hold on, let me finish. Not only in the theater, but also wearing Deadpool merchandise, <laughs> um, all of these kinds of things. Because the comic book character, they'll they can throw th- they can they can do things to disguise or to to censor to self edit all of those kinds of you know nice asterisk, uh, right? You know, handling the handling the language, and that gives it a feeling like oh this is this is okay for kids. 
this stuff is so not okay for kids. <laughs> and seeing so much uh, material marketed that way makes me cringe a little if bit. If you see a child wearing a Deadpool shirt or doing something that is under the age of 12, either their parents love Deadpool or they don't or they know have, yeah. what Deadpool yeah, they, is. They have no idea. <laughs> and the kid might not is either. Is this like Spider-Man or something? Reminds me of college students wearing Che t-shirts around. I'm like, yeah, you have no idea who <laughs> that yeah, is, do you? You don't understand things. Power to the people. <laughs> so um, anyway, I we shouldn't spend too much time on Deadpool because we do have lots of soloing to do, which sounds filthy. But... Um, I will say... Not near as filthy as a Deadpool movie. <laughs> so, I will say uh, one of my favorite things about Deadpool as a franchise, as an idea, as a character, is that through the entire movie, they they do a lot. And this was true of the first one as well, but again, uh, crank it up to 11 for the second one. They, they have a lot of the same story beats as other regular superhero movies. You know, you've got the villain, and mm-hmm. you've got the quest, and you've got the girl, and you've got the all this stuff... Um, and they will even hit all of the same emotional beats. So in this one, a key character dies in the beginning and it's kind of sets him on this quest. And by the end of the movie, if you have dared to invest one ounce of real emotion in this story, the story will take out a rubber chicken and beat you to death with it. <laughs> like it, it, it is punishing if you decide that you want to take anything seriously and it's wonderful. I love that about it. So it, this one is highly recommended for the uh, for the sarcastic cynics among us. There you go. Guilty pleasure noted. I don't feel that guilty about it. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty good with it. So um, anyway, let's so let's talk about Star Wars. Oh boy, here okay. we go. So let's talk about Star Wars. We all went and saw Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, more or less opening night. I think we all saw it. Except for, except for Megan. Except yeah, for Megan. No, I, yeah, but you've seen it. Yes. But I she's finally seen saw it on now. Friday. She's seen it now. Okay. Um, and when we all got out, so we, again, we have, if you don't know, we have our own internal little uh, Facebook chat for the legendary panelists. And uh, and whenever we get out of movies, like we get out of Deadpool or something like that, and we're instantly chatting about it. Oh, what'd you think? Let's talk about it. With this one, we had a strict policy of no talking about Solo on the chat. Uh, so I am coming in blind. We're all coming in pretty much blind well, on I'm, this one. I'm enjoying this because I, I was a little bit nervous. I didn't want to see it opening weekend because I just was afraid it would be terrible. And so <laughs> once I don't even like to know if people like movies. Like I consider I that a spoiler. Yeah. So, but this time I was so concerned about it. I, I sent out a, a notice on this chat and said, hey, uh, let me know what you guys like. Do you like it? Thumbs up, thumbs down. I just want to know if I need to run out and see it this week. And so it was really interesting getting like Craig uh, sent me a message, uh, like a private, pretty message. quickly. Yeah, yeah a private message, little pretty quickly after that, and then Ryan sent me one after he did, and then they both said, "Yeah, we're gonna get on. We're gonna talk about it together." And so I'm really, I'm really excited about this conversation. Yeah, so we're gonna have a review off. Okay. Um, and uh, <laughs> this is a terrible idea. I know. So I know. I'm so excited. We've, so we've done we've done this before, a and life- it did not go well for Craig. <laughs> a lifelong friendship being put to the test here. Oh, the thing is, so I don't give a single ass of a rat who like wins or loses. I just like doing this kind of stuff. It's fun for me. So, uh, so Todd Craig and Megan is also a writer for a living, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. What's that sort of? Well, I mean, you do video content. How dare and you? Stuff. I write all those videos. A <laughs> hole. 
he, he, he writes, man. When, he when you're writes. trying to compare the, the, the scope of our work, just realize that there's more strength in the writing for Craig there. But I'm I'm gonna put a, a well, heavy emotional yeah. that's right weight you, into what you I have literally to say. you have literally said the words I sold my soul to Disney yes <laughs> multiple times <laughs> and and meant it oh yes yeah so take take that for what it's worth how uh, long should in, we how let's long do until a, Apple buys Disney so that you just have one company <laughs> that you have to give everything to Pixar came from Apple. I, I get that. I get that. But came from and owning again, uh, two different things. I'm just curious. I'm yeah. just curious. All right, Ryan, uh, quick rock, <laughs> paper, scissors to see who goes first. One, two, three. One, two, three. Paper. <laughs> two, three. All right. Uh, it looks like I'm going first. Uh, okay. That was great radio. Yeah. I just want to point that out. <laughs> it went uh, paper, scissors. No, scissors, paper. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Both scissors, it, both the, paper. It wasn't such bad radio until we did that. Yeah. I, I was going to narrate, but words failed me. Are you serious the right play now? play-by-play of rock, paper, scissors. Holy smokes. And Ryan throws paper and just, Craig throws paper. Just hit that skip 15. It's okay. Fine. All right. So here's my review of Solo. <laughs> Han is a down-on-his-luck orphan oppressed by the evil empire on the shipbuilding world of Corellia. He's a petty underworld criminal working for Jabba the Centipede and making out with fellow too-clean-for-these-sewers street rat Kira. They try to escape. He succeeds. She doesn't. They're separated for three years, and when they meet again, she's the right-hand secretary of a somewhat more humanoid criminal overlord, and he's a deserter from the Imperial Infantry working for a gang of thieves. Some stuff happens. They meet Lando, fly on the Millennium Falcon, and eventually head to the spice mines of Kessel to steal... not spice... Turns out there's some even better stuff underneath that, so they steal it instead and inadvertently finance the budding rebellion. There are some betrayals. Kira kills her boss and takes over the company, and Han and Chewie, oh, yeah, Chewie's there, they ride off into the twin sunset. And that's pretty much it. The story is pretty straightforward. It's constructed well. All the primary and secondary characters have reasons to be in the story, and ditto, ditto for each scene as well. In short, it fixes a lot of the problems that I had with both The Last Jedi and Rogue One. I had a good time watching Solo. There's plenty positive to say about it, and I hope we say all of those things today. But it ain't perfect, and there are also plenty of negatives to bring up, both in the story and in the meta-narrative as well. Are the Rebels really the good guys in the story as it's unfolding? Was L3 meant to be an earnest social justice droid, or was that a send-up? Couldn't the Millennium Falcon just be, you know, a fast ship? Ultimately, it's tough for me to get worked up either way about Solo, and that's maybe the biggest problem of all. While this movie was, as a standalone product, perfectly competent, as part of a franchise, its reliance on callbacks and references further prove that Kathleen Kennedy and her team have their eyes firmly planted in the rearview mirror instead of on the road ahead. All right, Ryan. Okay. I, I, I was expecting the veins in my head to start. I know. Before. I know. I, I was wondering if he was done. I, I was waiting for the second. But wow. Okay. Uh, okay. Thank you. Thank Ryan, you. go ahead. Well done. I Before I get into my review, I just want to say really quick. No rebuttals allowed no, until no, no. you do your review no, first. No, this isn't a rebuttal. I had multiple times in the last, since seeing this film, where my wife would walk in and go, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. What's going on? What are you, what's going on? You really I was just know? thinking about Solo. I'm thinking about what I'm supposed to say when we do solo. <laughs> and she's like, really? 
hundred percent. Like this has been a major emotional drain on me. So oh, long here you week. go. I am so excited. Thank you for sharing. So, you know, me too. So here you go. This is less. I, this is less of a review I, and more I'll, of a therapeutic. I'll be, I'll be honest. I kind of hope you win now. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. All right, I am exhausted. Exhausted from listening to backhanded compliments and damning praise about this film and a lot of other popcorn flicks, quite honestly. It's tiring to feel like you have to justify liking a film by first pointing out you see its flaws and don't hold it in as high regard as other pieces of art. So here we go. Against my better judgment, I'm going to die on the hill that Solo was a good movie. (laughs) It's not perfect. I won't go that far. I, I, I do understand. But it was a great experience, and I love the return to the Star Wars universe, even if it is a little tight to um, when we got the last one. So tackling one of the Holy Trinity is a huge risk for the fan franchise, sort of, uh, because quite frankly, we Star Wars fans are some of the most devout and angry fan base out there. (laughs) Truth. So with this film, they played it a little more safe. They held tight to pre-existing story points of the Kessel Run, Han's Planet of Origin, Corellia, meeting Chewbacca, and winning the Falcon from Lando. And part of me wishes that... The exploits of this gifted smug, uh, smuggler had been spread out a little more over his timeline, but as a whole, I'm okay with it being one, one story since Han embellishes his story anyway. But even while the majority of those are core elements, uh, we are introduced to a few new points of more expanded universe-style material. The Crimson Dawn, a criminal faction led by Darth Maul, which is a whole other rant, but surprise, surprise, I'm okay with it. Uh, even if, <laughs> just because I'm a little excited to see them utilize one of the greatest villains um, from the prequels. Uh, we also see that the financial launching point for the Rebellion, so when Han gets his reward in A New Hope, it's more of just a return on investment than anything else. Um, as for casting, Alden does does well. He makes it his own, and I, I won't lie and say I didn't wish it was Harrison, but he did a lot better than I was expecting going mm-hmm. in. Donald Glover's Lando was fantastic. I've honestly never cared that much about Lando, but I know enough about him to know that Glover got the character right. Uh, Amelia, Woody, Thandy, and the rest of the new characters are good fits to the universe, but are not totally remarkable or memorable uh similar to the way they handled Sagarera from rogue one it was kind of like oh hi bye okay um i did like kira as a motivation for han but i'm uncertain whether her betrayal was a strong enough choice and i want to talk about l3 for just a second because this took me out of the movie for a bit but not because of the subject matter because i knew i was going to have to deal with a talking point for people who dislike this film her equal rights line made me laugh it was funny but in my head i knew a line Sorry, sorry, go on. I'm sorry. That was yes. inappropriate. <laughs> there are, yeah, we'll come back to that. I know. <laughs> there are a handful of people I would be talking to about this film that would groan and grab their social justice warriors a ruining movies banner and head to the internet battlegrounds to fight. To borrow from author Eric Kane, they've become so obsessed with identity politics that they can't even enjoy a fun movie like Solo. Grow up. I like this character. I like the fact that she has attitude in a similar vein to R2-D2, and it also gives a Falcon more personality once she is added into the system. Remember C-3PO saying that the Falcon spoke a peculiar dialect? There's a bit of context there. <laughs> now, I know Alden was signed for three films, and I'm interested to see where they take this story in, inside of this time frame, which, for a point of reference, is about nine years after The Revenge of Sith and ten prior to A New Hope. They could be swapped. And I think it's worthwhile to remember that the terms I don't like and it was bad are not the same thing. You cannot like this film. That's okay. The beauty of fiction is you can ignore it if you don't like it. But I not only enjoyed this movie, I'll say it was pretty well done, if a little cramped and safer than what I was expecting from the solo films. Okay. Yeah, it, so it sounds to me, uh, I'll let you guys, I'll let these percolate uh, in your minds, Todd and Megan, but it sounds to me, Ryan, like you and I are probably in a, 
we're not in like really separate boats. We're just like we're opposite sides of the room. Yeah, there you go. Opposite sides uh, of the same room. So we both enjoyed the movie. Um, you have a lifelong hard on for Star Wars, and that's fine. That's I will own it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm sorry. My mouth is filthy today. I should probably it, work it, on that. It really is. I'm I'm astounded, <laughs> but not surprised. Um, anyway, you did just see Deadpool too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah, true. He's, uh, that Ryan Reynolds is coming out. <laughs> um, so okay, all right, you guys. What do you think? What do you think of the two reviews? How do you feel about them? So here's here's who's, the, who's here, walking out here with pride. Here's the part of of adjudicating things that's always hard. Um, we have no rubric. We have no judging standard. It all becomes, who did we like better? Um, so that's the real question, Todd. Who do you like better, me or Ryan? Since neither one of you is paying me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we love you both the same. No, we don't. No, okay. no we don't. No, we really don't. Uh-uh. Um, the, but the, the thing that's interesting about, the, about your two reviews, before I say who I think uh, gave a better review... Um, you took very different directions. Um, Craig's Craig seems to be more a review in the style of why you know the 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 traditional kind of a this is what we saw, this is what we like, we didn't like. Make your own choice. Ryan's is more of a passionate appeal to say I don't care what you like or don't like. Recognize that all of that is okay, but it doesn't change my opinion of the film. Because of that, I would say the better review is a Craig's. But the better response to the film, I think, is Ryan's. So that's my way of not doing what you want. I always don't do what you sure. want. So there you go. All yeah, right. Well, I'll take what I can get. Megan, do you have an opinion? I always have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> As Brian just said, like there, you may or may not like something, but it doesn't mean that it's good. I've already forgotten what you said. That's great. Well, I am you're so horrible. Endorsement of the I writing, so and sorry. also, I also want to. I do want to point out that you just called him Brian, which uh, I think means that I win by default. <laughs> I think if you were trying to decide based on these two reviews whether or not you were going to go see the film, Craig's is a better like explanation of what's you, what to expect what you, going what you in. Can expect, yeah. yeah. I don't know. If I, you if I, and you the, want to feel yeah. good about as, it. As a Star Wars fan, though, if I were to ask somebody, you know, is this a movie that you like? I would probably go to someone who was a Star Wars fan, in which case I probably lean towards Ryan's. Okay, and that's fine. So, but I think this exercise is more than just, it's more helpful than just as a, a way to kill 10 minutes on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I think this does speak to the the broad broadly speaking the two ways that star wars fans go and see this movie absolutely right yeah absolutely Um, there's the diehard fan the lifelong fan the like ryan i i hope i'm not misrepresenting you when i say that you are in this thing for life yeah like i'm sad at the thought that there might be star wars films after i die I want the world oh. to end before before that. So there can't be any more Star Wars after I'm gone. Well, see, I, like, I expect I like a Force Ghost of... so that I'll be able to see the rest of them. I don't have that problem. Yeah, so. okay. But I like so, the idea of going into a movie expecting that you're going to like it and then be proven right. Like, oh, okay, I really like that. Like, just choosing choosing to like it and finding the reasons to love it. This is, Because there were a lot of reasons to love it. This is something for Star Wars films right now that is so hard to deal with is that every fan walks in with their own rubric as to what Star Wars is. Yeah. Yes. And so when I hear the phrase like, 
uh, it's it's not true Star Wars or it didn't it I didn't it didn't feel like a Star Wars movie or whatever. I'm like, well, tell me what is a Star Wars movie to you? Uh, give me what those things are. And I I understand like sometimes people will be like, well, I just know it when I see it. But no, that's it, not that's and not. You need to be able to enumerate to me at least a little bit of what that is. So that I can say, yeah, I understand why you don't, why this didn't feel like a Star Wars movie to you. Yeah. I can understand why you didn't like the Last Jedi. And and to those to those who have that sort of response, like, oh, this wasn't real Star Wars, they fall into what I think is the same trap as what Disney is falling into right now, uh, which is the looking backward instead of looking forward. Mm-hmm. They aren't thinking about how to get. Star Wars into the future. Yeah. It's constant. I mean, the entire concept of Rogue One and Solo, and to a large extent, uh, the other two as well. Um, it's all about how can we, uh, well, service these fans. How can we remind them of how much they love Star Wars? How can we, from my, from my vantage point, I'm going. Hey, look, you guys, stop manipulating past me to convince. Yeah present me that I'm having a good time. Just make a good movie. And the thing is, with Solo, uh, Solo is a great example where I'm like, no, this is, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It stands on its own. It it has a good structure. It has three acts with great characters and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, interesting events. Uh, but the fact that they have to bring in, like, uh, the Dejaric table and the dice and the, the Kessel run and all this stuff, like... Can I just say, I never feels... noticed the dice until The Last Jedi... And then it got called out. Like I haven't even gone, even gone back to oh, episode see, four to notice it. I, that was but the fact the f- that it was hit, it hit me over the head with it. That was one of the first things solo, that I noticed, and it's I found irritating. It's been a polarizing thing uh, amongst a lot of fans. A lot of fans have been like, "Oh, well, it was there during the it was there during the first three films, and then or, or during the first two films, and then in the third film we kind of miss it. Um, it goes with and and people are saying no, it goes with Han, blah blah blah, all these kinds of things. So I get it, um, and for me, I kind of. I enjoyed the call out. I yeah. I didn't have a problem with it, but I also know that it didn't necessarily come as part of the Star Wars literature. It came as part of George Lucas's uh, fascination with fast cars and yeah. 1950s hanging fuzzy dice in the mirror. It's an I American mean, graffiti. It, it, call. It, it, it's absolutely a call out for American graffiti. Um, in the same way that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg make calls back and forth in the Indiana Jones series, back and forth to the Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's an, you know, what, before we, before we talked about Easter eggs and looked for Easter eggs, it was a, a wonderful Easter egg for people who knew the history of George Lucas and what he'd done with, what he'd done with previous films. The same way that THX 1138, yeah, is also a, a little piece of that. But there's a difference there because, um, <laughs> they used to be hidden before the internet pulled them out. Like, right. And, and so I feel like we need to take that into account. We can't make movies maybe the same way as we did before. So when George Lucas makes Star Wars and he's like, uh, you know, he wants to do a little self referential call out to THX 1138, fine. Put her in cell block 1138. No problem, because you know what? Sorry, George. Nobody had seen that movie in 1977. Nobody knew. Nobody cared. (laughs) It didn't take anyone out of the movie. It was only later that people went, oh, hey, that's kind of that's kind of cute little thing he threw in there for himself. Um, It for me, it becomes a problem when it's like so the dice. Let's just take the dice, for instance. There are a few other things, you know, but the dice are a big one. Where it's like, okay, so George Lucas throws some dice in the rear view mirror or whatever you want to call it in the Falcon. And uh, it's just kind of a little set dressing thing. 
whatever. Move on. It's a character thing. Uh, Han Solo likes to gamble. He's got dice in the mirror. Sure. And then Disney, you know, I, I use Disney as the large noun here. Disney takes that and just blows it way up and says, hey, hey, remember those dice? Remember those dice? They were awesome, right? Let's make them the entire crux of the freaking movie. Um, it, it just kind of takes those little things and it blows them way, way out of proportion and until it's not fun anymore. It's polarizing yeah. like we're talking about. Well, because they never actually did anything. If like the dice were part of some kind of and they inserted it into this key and it was the key. Or like, know. you know, or like you twist it open and there's cocaine inside. And yes. It's, whatever. Uh, uh, I think they did spice. serve a purpose. I think they did too. I was I was totally okay with it. He gave them mm-hmm. to Kira as a, a symbol and then she gave them back later on. Like it was. A I, and, and so my thing with that is I agree. So there's that purpose that they serve in the story. It didn't have to be the dice. It should not have been the dice. The, Why not? Why not? Uh, because it's uh, because it's emotionally manipulative, it's nostalgically manipulative. Um, it's it's convincing, like I said, it's convincing your past self that your that your present self is having a good time. I and and I didn't have that problem. No, yeah. I, don't. I didn't have that issue. And and in fact, the the question that that people have asked me as I've gone to see it because if if I mean I don't know that I'm more of a Star Wars fan than Ryan is, but I think you're an older one. I am an older one. I've been doing this longer. Uh, Four years as a Star Wars fan. Um, the the for for me, the the first Star Wars film changed the the direction of lots of things in my life. I mean, it just it just radically altered the way that I saw what was desirable, what was interesting, what was powerful, what was connected to to all of the to to a lot of big things in my life, for good or for bad, for right or for wrong. Um, and, and everything then winds up being compared a little bit for me against Star Wars and against the emotional impact that it had and the, and the formative impact that it had. Maybe it was timing, maybe it was, you know, maybe it was different, that it was so different than anything else. I don't know. But as people have asked me about how I felt about Solo, my answer was, if it had been the first Star Wars movie that I had seen, it probably wouldn't have had the impact on me that the first one did. But it wasn't supposed to. It was supposed to flesh out a part of the story that was that was referenced, that was that was uh, drawn to, and for me, as a result of that, since it is part of what was this big thing, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I also compare this with um, a, a reaction that I had when Disney bought uh, the Lucasfilm franchise, and they and they within I th- I think weeks of buying it, they said all of the expanded universe material is now gone. Huge mistake. It is yep. no longer canon and we're not going to use any it's of it. It's now Legends. It's now Legends. It's now Legends is what it is. And so, you know, you go out and buy your stuff, but we're but we are not necessarily tied to making those into movies. That's not necessarily the direction that things take. I get it, you know, and I've played multiverse things with Marvel Comics and DC Comics all over the place. Okay, fine. You know, I'll take it. Um but there was a series of books that um came out in the early 80s. Um, three books. It was a it was a short trilogy uh, that was all about Han Solo and Chewbacca, and I read those and I loved them, and they were a part of fleshing out the character of Han Solo and where he comes from and why he is the way that he is. And I felt like this movie was an opportunity to address some of those same kinds of issues. And for that reason, 
I loved it. Well, and I thought Han, the relationship between Han and Chewie was brilliant. I thought they did such a good job representing <laughs> that, and it felt very <laughs> organic. Like, how do you learn how to do that? You're 190. You look great. It just it all With, made me so happy. Uh, yeah. the The only exception for me was when Han spoke Wookie. Other than that, I loved yes. the whole thing, and that wasn't that big a deal. I was just kind of like, eh, I'm not buying it. But well, now we that, finally hear somebody who's not a Wookie speak in that language. Yeah, that, why that not? Was, that was, we that all was do it. <laughs> that was fun. I have. I'm worried now that I'm doing Deadpool references in Wookie. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And Sorry, I will, Ryan, I will say back to one of earlier point in this there, I don't currently agree that Disney is trapped in looking backwards. No. Okay. I think they are positioning to move forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're doing it right now. It's been a little bit slower than I think we would like, but as a whole, with the new trilogies that they've, uh, signed that they've hired off for things like that. I think they're moving in a direction to get away from where they've been right now. If they maintain only doing Kenobi and Boba Fett and everything and staying inside this post Revenge of the Sith pre A New Hope world, that's an interesting place because it's a galaxy about a galaxy at war time frame. It's interesting and I'm okay with some of it, but I I do want to see us move past that. Yeah. But as soon as we did, as soon as they did something that was not that you got the last Jedi and people got pissed. Oh, well, no, see, and so, I like the last Jedi for that reason Jedi. because it's something different. Here's the problem: they're going to tell a different story, and I, I don't want to relitigate the last Jedi. People can go mm-hmm. listen to our episode on that. Uh, but I will say that to your point, the problem in this case with the last Jedi is that they pulled their punches. There were so many instances in the last Jedi where it's like, oh, we're going to do something new and different. Uh, you know. Kylo Ren and and Rey, they're going to team up and they're going to get rid of the Jedi and the Sith and it's going to be this whole new direction for the galaxy. And then, you know, there are several instances of things like this throughout the movie and every time you get to it, get to the point uh, that where the decision is going to be made, they go, oh, psych, never mind. We're not going to do anything different. We're mm-hmm. just going to have the same old storyline over and over and over again. Rey is going to say, no, light side forever. And Kylo Ren's going to go off and be a dark, large-pecked man-boy and like dark side we haven't seen the third installment we don't know what look i'm just saying based on where we're at right now you're right we haven't seen it but as of what we're seeing right now they're they are trapped and the last jedi for all my complaints uh, i feel like it could have been great in the way that it could have oh gosh awful phrase subverted our expectations but the problem with it is that it didn't it tiptoed right up to the line, and then every time it got there, it would say, "Oh, never mind," and run back to its safe haven. I will. I I won't disagree that Disney has played a little more safe than we would probably like, but I think that may not be a bad thing here at the start. Yeah, well, and we're not and at we're the start only, anymore. We're only four movies into this. And Good. I would also I would also contend that just because we're hearing lots of people, and I'm putting lots of people in quotes. Just because we're hearing lots of people say that they're angry about this or they're angry about that doesn't necessarily mean that the vast majority of the fan base is feeling the same way. I think well, I think okay, the simple so now... fact I think the simple fact that Disney has been has has um, taken a taken a, a way a, taken a, a franchise that was languishing on its past and is moving it forward and is doing it successfully with lots of properties, including their physical properties in. 
in Orlando and also in Los Angeles and being able to create experiences for fans to be able to go and exp- and and continue to live this just because we're hearing a lot of people say I'm mad about this or I'm frustrated about that doesn't mean that the majority of the fan base is. Well, and I remember we oh, uh, when we I, talked about this. I is, have an issue with what you said, and I'll come back to it. Okay. Well, one of the things that we talked about, like I, it was, and it's, it's not relitigating the the last Jedi, but I pointed out that this is also positioning Star Wars for the next generation. Yes. A lot mm-hmm. of these things are going forward, and I was called out saying, "Well, that's marketing centric." Well. Yeah, it kind of is. But But that's the thing is, it's not. And that's my whole point with all this callback culture is it's not. It should be. But all it's doing is taking you and me and Todd and the people who know all these old references and it's stuffing these movies and and packing them with all of these uh, call outs and references and things that it thinks that we're going to enjoy instead of just making it about a new trilogy or a new series. And I think that I I can understand that. But... If I take this from the vantage point of my four-year-old son, he's not going to have the same timeline of viewing and these yeah. things that I had. So it's not going to be a callback or a, or anything for him and for the future generations. They'll be able to go and watch in chronological order. They'll be able to do whatever they want. So it's not... I understand that for us, yeah, sure, it might be a little emotionally manipulative if that's how you feel about it. I personally don't. But for the next generations... It's just connective. It's just connecting the dots here. Like, all, it's not all it do is that. is, I, and and in some ways it feels like it is making sure that there is some consistency in the fabric of the of this narrative that goes on. Han shoots first. Han shoots first. He shoots first in this show. Sorry, George. He, he shoots first with he shoots first with Greedo. That's just the way that it goes. And while that may be a manipulative emotional callback for me. Uh, for people in our generation and our decades and all those kinds of things, it's consistency within the within the property. And so I saw that and I, I smiled and I said, yeah. And <laughs> this is actually, I'm going to talk about the movie for just a second here. How yeah. dare you? I actually loved the fact that they took Han's character and shifted it just a little bit or clarified or what you want to do to say that he is a good man. Yes. Yeah. When that yes. whole uh, line with Kira that they use in the trailer, I know who you really are, what are you? you're the good guy. Because he has been that. Yeah. And He's he fights a- so hard to be the scoundrel and to show himself to be a scoundrel in the other in the first three movies, in Star in A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and uh Return of the Jedi. He 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 tries so hard to be the scoundrel and to walk away and And, and he's he, not always very good at it. If no. I have yet to he he always seems to botch it in one way or the other when he mm-hmm. tries to be, but when he does the right thing, which is his nature, and which I think Chewbacca sees, and that's part of the reason why I'm sh- yeah that that connection works so well. Like I I I was so grateful. It was one of the big moments. This sigh of relief when they did that, and I went, "Yes, Han Solo is a good guy." You know the the one thing about that that and and this was for me this was a maybe this is a tiny thing, but. W- in the original films, uh, Han Solo as a as a as a smuggler is <laughs> is that the uh, workout bro version? I just heard you say Han Swolo. Sorry, no, that's it's, Ben Swolo. That's, that's, that's the Kylo Ren version. Um, uh, Han Solo is supposed to be the smuggler, and and what they're supposed to be smuggling is spice, uh, uh, illegal narcotics, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in this, they show him not so much concerned with the with the smuggling of illegal narcotics, but the smuggling of a, a refined power source material 
Um, Fuel in the Star Wars universe? What the hell? Yeah, you know, they, and and do whatever you want to about saying, okay, convenient plot device, blah, 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 blah. But I, I liked it. I, I like the fact that we aren't making him out to be this criminal who is, you know, out to... I get it that that maybe he becomes that, and in, and again in the expanded universe, I bought it, I got it. But as, I like as you this. guys as you guys are saying all these things, I love that you're looking at me like I'm going to be the one that goes, "No, I hate it." Like I, <laughs> I've had most eye contact with Todd for the last little while. I do. I do want to point out that uh, once again, I did like the movie. It was fun. Uh, I do have more problems with the meta narrative. Um, and I want to come I back to something that you said, Todd, that the majority of people don't really care about that stuff. I now, didn't say the majority. I said it's possible. Okay. Well, I want to point something out here. Um, I want to talk about box office receipts and what a disaster Solo is. Just really? No. Yep. No. As a box office phenomenon or lack thereof this movie is a disaster now there will be they'll make up their money in other ways they're going to get streaming sales and dvds and toy sales and they'll sell all sorts of stuff at disneyland and all that stuff that's fine uh but this movie had a production budget of 250 million dollars that includes both (laughs) essentially both productions the lord and miller production and the uh whatever ron howard ron howard Um, so $250 million. Now, typically with a normal movie, you would double your production budget as a general rule for your marketing budget. Uh, in this case, because it was sort of double made, uh, we can safely assume that the budget was, uh, for marketing was about $150 million, you know, give or take. Um, so let's say that the, the total budget for this is $400 million. It's probably not going to make that back. Uh, this movie made what was it a hundred a hundred million one hundred and three million one hundred three million in the U S one hundred three million domestic domestic release one hundred fifty international uh, ten million dollars in China is a disaster. So Ooh, Star Wars yeah. has never played well there. Um, but then in it, just speaking domestically, sixty five percent drop second weekend. Um, there's a very very real chance that this movie won't even make back its budget. Um, and so my point here is that um, with what they're doing, you know, what I perceive them as doing with the Star Wars franchise as a whole, we're seeing The Force Awakens make $2 billion uh, and then you see, and then you go see The Last Jedi and that one hit 1.3. That's a massive drop for a sequel of this magnitude. That is a huge drop down uh, there. And then... Uh, now we take get away from the trilogy and we go to Rogue One. Rogue One made just over a billion dollars worldwide. Excuse me. Uh, whereas this one won't even make back its production budget. It won't even hit four hundred million. That so to say that what if uh, it does? If it okay fine. If it does, then it does it just barely. Okay, and I mean just barely. But either way, what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, Disney can afford to lose a couple hundred million dollars. Fine. You know, if they lose 50 million on this, it's uh, it's a drop in the bucket for Disney. It's, uh, you know, you can argue about how big that drop is, whatever. But they can survive that. What they can't survive is the Star Wars franchise losing this much steam going forward. You, now, the obvious comparison, and I think it's a good comparison, which is why it's so obvious, is with the Marvel franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that case, you have... Uh, so now we've had 18 movies in the Marvel franchise, but you think back to the first few, and 
you know, you think back to the first Marvel movies, you had Iron Man and Incredible Hulk and Thor and Iron Man 2. Captain America. And anyway, none of these had any sort of a drop like that. It, the series, the, the franchise was in much, much better shape at its beginning than this one is right now. And so if I, if I seem overly upset or critical, it's in large part because I love Star Wars as much as you guys do. And I want to see it succeed. I want to see it do well. I want okay. to see future generations get to enjoy this the way that I did growing up. And if Disney continues on its current path, it may be that it literally kills Star Wars for future generations. And that would be really sad. Although then Ryan would get his wish. No more Star Wars. <laughs> they still have the animated series, though. Oh, we'll talk and about those great. in just a minute. They've got a new, yeah, and they've got a new one coming. Um, a new animated series? Yeah. Yep. And a new live action series. Yeah. Yep. I I understand that sentiment and it's a it's a concerning one. Um but I'm not worried about it. I'm not even worried about Solo making its money back. I think it actually will after a little while. Um I think there are a couple factors feeding into this. Uh one, Force Awakens was the first time we got a new Star Wars outside of Lucas's hands. Um Sure. So there was there's some of that. And I expect a little bit of natural drop off as 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 we go through because also, I, I hate the phrase, but it's a real thing. There is franchise fatigue. Solo came out five months after. The, Absolutely, yeah. We were dealing with Last Jedi, and there was such a. There was so much publicized about the issues with Solo, during production, yep. and yes. there was also, a lot of people hated the fact that they were even making a solo movie. That this is yeah. a movie that doesn't need to be made. And so you know what? There was a lot going against this going into it. And so and when it and when it released, there was this um and I wish I could remember where uh what it was called, but there was actually this online driven action group that the moment that it became available for uh not critic um audience, just general audience review. They just they, they slammed it, it they into slammed the jam. It as hard as it be. And well, that's why you never trust Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. So right. many people. But the thing is, we we know that. But it is one of the most used sources for information for the generic for the general public. And so people right now are like going in and seeing Solo, like, oh wow, this is only at sixty six percent. This is only at whatever it was when it you know launched the lowest Rotten Tomatoes rating. Like that affects, you know, it's, I hate that it is, but that affects that. And it was driven so heavily by this group that never even saw the movie, that hated it, like hated the fact that it was made and drove this and tried to drive its score down to try and dissuade right. that. And I think going forward, I expect, like I'm expecting in the dip right now, I don't expect Disney, uh, Star Wars to be an exponential curve up um, for right now. Right now, I expect there to be a dip off, uh, a dip, because we're in, for lack of better term, sacred ground, and doing a film about Solo, one of the three characters, is going to be controversial, and then to have so much problems with it, I, I expected a little bit better box office return because it is Star Wars, but if anything, this hopefully will signal to Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy that you can, if you, if you can potentially do this in such a way that you can get it wrong. You can kill it. Yeah, yeah. They, even if the they movie thought itself, they were, they thought they were buying an unkillable franchise. Yeah. So this says you, as you go forward, realize that there are Star Wars fans like me that will plunk down their money for you. Throw slap the label on it. I will plunk my money down and I will go see it. Yep. 
but that we are not the majority of the fan base. There is a large fan base that will say, you know what? I don't need to go see it opening weekend. I can wait. And then, and then when they wait, they hear, oh, maybe I just wait for that on home video. Yeah. And then by the time it actually does come out on streaming, boy, they've got, they've moved on. There's other things to worry about and they never do watch the movie. They don't care. And so many people, um, comments and things that I've read as I've, as I've, went through and researched things to see, you know, what what am I missing? Whatever things, you know, people, there were a ton of people who said, I'm not going to see this because The Last Jedi was terrible. It's not, the, it's not the same movie. It's not the same, like... Not the same director. Right, not but, the same it, people but at a it. certain point, you just, and I'm not saying, look, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yes. No, I, get I get it. it. So, we get it. Um, but at a certain point, you just have to go, you know, I don't trust Disney with Star Wars anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm out. If this and is the I think that's okay. Out. Um, if somebody hated The Last Jedi that much, then it's fine to say, nope, I'm out and you won't be getting any more of my ticket money. The okay. interesting the interesting comparison here too, and, and, and I appreciate the fact that you're bringing up Mar- Marvel. I want to talk more about this. Marvel has, uh, it, Disney seems to have, have been very clear about saying um, Marvel and Star Wars are their own properties. They can run their own pieces. They're not, they're not being driven by Disney's imperative that's the same way that they're <laughs> the same way that they allow themselves yeah. to have their own internal process which means kevin feige who, who gets it who and, and who will get star wars uh, momentarily it's very likely that that he'll that he'll get that that opportunity i'd buy that um but he he understands how to how to make those pieces work um kathleen kennedy has struggled with that i think she's i, th- I think she does a wonderful job being led i'm not sure that uh, I think as we've seen this, she's not really the, the best person to have led the franchise without George being there to help kind of point her in the right directions or the wrong directions. But remember as a fan base, we, there were a lot of fans that were rejoicing when Disney bought the property. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, oh great, and we'll never have another Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> right up until L3. And so, you know, what, what, we, what, we, what we see is that it, it is about driving a franchise. George didn't know how to drive a franchise. He didn't know what he had on his hands. And that's where the expanded universe blossomed from. And that's where the fan base grew from. And Disney's made some missteps with the, with the franchise. I, I'm, I'm like Ryan. I don't think it's going to kill it. I don't, I don't think it's a killable franchise. Oh, it's it. One thousand percent is a killable franchise. This may not be the movie that does it, but if they do not write the ship, it's going down. Okay. Well, if the Ewoks uh, movies couldn't kill it, I feel like it's okay for a while. Do you remember the TV special, the, the Christmas, Christmas special? special? <laughs> uh, do we remember that piece that's the day worst thing or I've whatever ever it seen. was, and that didn't kill it? No. <laughs> uh, Ryan, at the very beginning, at the very beginning of this conversation, <laughs> you wanted to talk about Darth Maul. Let's talk about Darth Maul. And then, uh, Todd, maybe I'll come back to the Marvel stuff, but uh, we do want want to talk about this And eventually, we might want to come to the the line and and have our L3 discussion. Because Jar Jar Binks... I think anyone who compares anything from the new Star Wars to the prequels should be required to watch the prequels again just to remind themselves what they're Whoa, referencing. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, you're, L3 you're is the definitely prequel. not on you that level. You are the prequel apologist. You are not allowed to say things like this. What do you mean a prequel apologist? I'm, you're the prequel apologist. You since love, when? Holy smokes. I am going to go hunting wow. through our archives and I am going to... I, I will beat you to death with that rubber chicken. <laughs> no, I... I can I can tell you right where I stand on all the prequels. Okay. Anyway, go on with your point. Whatever. I don't care. I was just no, keep going. To... I want to record this. 
prequel apologists, they're one of the most poorly written things out there. When you can make Samuel L. Jackson look like a weenie, you've done something incredibly wrong with your writing style. Like, I am, I will not say that they are well written or anything. I will say that they have a, there's a handful of things about the prequels I do like. The lightsaber battles are a ton more interesting in yep. terms of fight sequences. Oh, yeah. The special effects, while yes, they're heavily computer generated versus the practical that we loved from the original. It set a okay. different tone. Okay. What, what that's, was, that's what, my let's get to list. your actual point. I don't care about the prequels right now. I'm just saying. I know what you're saying. You, <laughs> Go you, on. You have said, you, you threw out there that L3 was the new Jar Jar Binks. Okay. So we're doing L3 right now. I figured, apparently. Well. Instead of whatever I was going to talk about. I just uh, said. Darth Maul. That's I right. I said we needed to come to the line. You, you were no. Like so Maul. my thing with L3. Okay. Can I, can I go on L3 and then you can be the L3 apologist? Where's the popcorn? I need popcorn uh, now. Speaking of, speaking of which, first of all, I was really thrown off because L3 is the name of a defense contractor. Yes, it is. Uh, so, defense con- and so L337 spells leet. Whatever that. Leet speak is when you use letters and numbers together to like when you see a three for an E. Okay. It's it's, a, so it's, it's an so Easter egg it's for techno nerds. Yeah. So it's clever. Yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway, okay. I, it's, so that's anyway, why you didn't get it. I just found her. Oh yeah, that's why I didn't get it. I I just found her really annoying and also really confusing because, uh, and this is partly why she was so annoying. Um, when it comes to the social justice stuff, you know the mm-hmm. uh, equal rights for this and that and and whatever. Um, I don't mind that as a story idea. I I that's not a problem for me. So don't mistake what I'm right. saying with this. Uh, but it, what was really confusing to me was that I literally could not tell if they were being serious. Okay. Like, is, is she, is, is this a real thing? Is this real commentary? Is she or, a malfunctioning droid? Or is she, is she meant as a send up of the social justice crowd? And it was impossible to tell. Um, and and so I spent the whole movie with, you know, with her scenes. I was just going like, er, it does not compute, cannot figure it out. Um, and I feel like I'm pretty sensitive to that sort of thing. I should be able to figure out if you're making fun of it or paying homage to it. And I couldn't figure it out. Okay. And so uh, she was an infuriating character for me. Okay. And on that premise, I can understand it and say like, okay, I understand why she was frustrating because because of that confusion. I To those whose biggest issue is that there was a social justice arc to what she was saying that's where the yeah, I, just, I agree yeah get over yourselves yeah this, it's okay it's yeah. okay to have an opposing viewpoint if you don't like it or or whatever yeah um i i don't think that she was in any way uh jar jar binks esque um yeah i uh, and i i liked that, that there was a personality to a droid that was different because up to this point we've had r2d2 and bb8 who were the most the highest level of personality a droid had I don't know. Which C-3PO was, had a lot of personality. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, but their their goal was to be cute. R2-D2 and right, BB-8 they're are... They're, and they succeed. They do, and they they're do. Okay, what's your point? What's your point? L3 was a very different type of droid. And it showcased that there can be variation to droids in, in the Star Wars universe. Because there hasn't been. And I liked that. I'll tell you one yeah. thing about her is that she reminded me that uh, this is a conversation that we're going to be having in the real world much sooner than we sex might. Sex robots? Well, not sex <laughs> robots necessarily, but yeah. 
but just like you know robot, robot rights. rights and the all that, that stuff lando is a pansexual uh, oh gosh this is okay this is another reason <laughs> this is another reason why the box office was so low ha 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 um why the box office was such a disaster as you might say instead of solo um, it because like when this was like the last thing leading up to the release of the mm-hmm. film was this uh this article with the kasdans uh, where he's like oh yeah and, and the thing about it is if you go back and read not the articles about the conversation but if you read the conversation itself it's very much like the reporters really trying to like lead him on like so uh so lando could could he be is maybe maybe he's like a pansexual maybe and whatever his name is kasdan goes uh well, yeah sure whatever what, if, what, if you, if I don't you know want what that is it uh, doesn't really matter. It means you'll okay. sleep with anything. <laughs> anything or anyone. It's not man, woman, just... Yeah, if, if I'll, it'll, put, I'll put it in there. If, if it'll take it, you'll do it. Um, so, and so he's like, yeah, sure, he can be a pansexual, whatever. You know, uh, I don't really care. And then that gets blown up and yeah. all the articles get written. And like, what a what a horrible way to lead into your movie yes. and right. to have this level of... Uh, idiotic conversation about Lando's sexuality. Anyway, uh, wow. that was a big, big mistake. So I don't care about L3 anymore. Uh, Darth Maul, here's why I okay. think it was a mistake. Um, <clears throat> Darth Maul, first of all, Darth Maul isn't a character. He's uh, he's a visual, you know, from the original episode one. Uh, and so to, to say like, oh, he's one of the best villains ever. I just I heartily disagree with that. He had the potential to be the best villain, but then he, he was, was just gone. He was very cool looking. Yeah. He, he had a double bladed lightsaber and that was the extent of his character. Um, which is enough for most, for of, the you. Prequel, for yes. most of the prequels <laughs> in terms of villains. He was so, the um, de facto villain for that episode. But he was, he was better, problem, better than many. The right? problem with, uh, with bringing him back is that I know not because I've seen it, but because I'm kind of tied in enough with the fandom to understand that there's this whole thing in the in the Clone Wars cartoon where Darth Maul comes back and he survived getting cut in half with a lightsaber and falling down a bottomless pit mm-hmm. and gets the like spider legs and so, and so he's back. Uh, like I get that, but if I'm a casual fan, I'm like, what? is wrinkly old fat Darth Maul doing in this movie? He died. Mm-hmm. and now i'm angry as a casual fan like what are there no rules is this a comic book universe does death mean nothing you know and, and it can be a very jarring and an unfortunate think, thing and i think that's one of the responses of a of a fan like i that makes sense to me like yeah yeah but that's the the purpose of those little cameo moments is for their shock value and to then turn a story point and if you tell me it's uh, if you tell me the point is so that we'll all go watch the cartoons, I'm no okay good because uh, like that I that think could that be a side I effect, think that but... is I think it's Disney going no you need to go watch all the shows and everything no. and that was a horrible mistake and this this is take it for whether it's good or bad this is potentially Disney trying to unphasma Darth Maul here um, <laughs> oh yeah poor Captain Phasma nice in the sense of. You know they've did they've done some with the TV series they've they've put him in a place where they can use him again and utilizing and where he's at fits with where he's been in the story in the in the TV series story but you don't need to know that in the context of Solo you just need to know oh he's back and he's in charge of the Crimson Dawn that's weird how did he come back if you want to know you can go find out but it's what they do going forward if this is the end of all of the discussion about 
the Crimson Dawn and everything, then yeah, that was just a, hey, look, guys, look, 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 here's a surprising character thing. But if they go forward with it and actually utilize his character yeah. a little yeah. bit, yeah. then it's then it's worthwhile. Is maybe. It, it's, what maybe are you doing it could going be. Forward? It's potentially worthwhile. Is it I an was, Easter egg or is it an introduction for a new direction? That's that's uh-huh. the question that they need to answer. And my biggest problem with my biggest problem with bringing Darth Maul back on this is the concept that we're dealing with of lesser stakes because we know when he actually dies now. Yeah. Because of rebels. Like, yeah. So we know that he's not going to yeah, have a lightsaber battle. Like, I have no I idea. Well, just in terms of the canon of Star right. Wars as a whole, right. you know that Maul is going to make it up until a certain a point. point. A certain point. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was really, really excited as we're approaching the end of Solo and I'm sitting in my seat and my popcorn bowl is almost empty and I'm, I'm, I finally realized they just made a Star Wars movie without any lightsabers. This is awesome. Uh, not that I don't love lightsabers, but I was like, oh, cool. They're really, they're going there. They're fi- they finally made one without lightsabers. And then Darth Maul is like, by the way, I'm Darth Maul. Remember this red lightsaber? That's totally me. It's me, you guys. Here's my red lightsaber. And, you know, so. Was- <laughs> Which is funny because that was, it's not his lightsaber from the oh, first. Whatever. But I, yes. But anyway, so it's like, oh, no, this is Star Wars. Here's your lightsaber. Here you go, you guys. Here, here well, it is. But they also, the Paul Bettany character, whose name I cannot think of at this moment, Doesn't he matter. he had like the really cool light. Oh, yeah. Laser knives. Yeah. The yeah, those are cool. The technology exists in the universe. It's going to be in a lot of things. If you can create something yeah, that can sure. cut anything, it's going to be work for more than just laser swords. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, those were cool. Mm-hmm. I like that guy. All right, let's, let, let's do final thoughts. We're over an hour. Uh, we should do final thoughts. Uh, let's start in table order here todd you go first love the movie go see it um don't <laughs> help them make their money back no no i it has nothing to do with that um it, it just has to do with the fact that just because um just because your view of the universe didn't include this story this way doesn't mean that you can't go and find out there's lots of ways that this story can evolve and go and watch it have some fun i, I tend to be one who looks at if there is a person, if there's a person in the brain trust that tends to be more Pollyanna-esque uh, about the way that they see movies, it's probably me. Um, I'm less critical than most of us have been about movies in general. But, he said, "He says, looking at me." But, but this, <laughs> I only, I only glanced at you. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I quite enjoyed it. I think it's, I think it's worth the time. I think it's worth the money, and I think it's an enjoyable film, especially for those who are Star Wars fans, if Mega. they'll let it be. Megan, what do you think? Final thoughts. My final thoughts. I liked it. I don't know that I loved it, but I may have to think about it for a little bit longer. I just I thought that the characters were fantastic. I really enjoyed um, Donald Glover's interpretation of Lando. I thought here, he here. was excellent. Yep. And I mm-hmm. really liked um, Chewbacca in it. The actor acting that out did a great job. Jonas, whatever. Um, yeah. And I really liked, I mean, I liked all the characters. That he all has- That all worked for me. I didn't. I kind of felt like they were trying to pack a lot into the movie, but I guess that's just I'm glad movie Ron Howard nowadays. got the okay. remake. Yeah, Ron Howard did a great job. And also, I have decided that Ryan won the um, <laughs> review. Because <laughs> over the course of an hour, you just hated me more and more and more. 
I played the fifth. <laughs> okay, Ryan. <laughs> I also think, just as a side note, you should go follow the Twitter of the of whatever his name is that plays Chewbacca because his one of his Twitter bios is too tall for pictures. So most of the pictures that he takes with other celebrities and stuff, his head's cut off. It's just like his torso with him. That's Yay! awesome. Because he posted one a little while ago with the with um, uh, Elijah Wood and um, oh gosh, and he was like, "There's uh, my favorite uh, guys from Middle Earth, whatever." And it's just his torso with the two of them there. It was great. <laughs> Anyway, okay. Um, Final thoughts about Solo, other than the many things that I have had to say about this so far. I am not yet ready to hit the panic button um, on the Star Wars franchise, and I am not yet ready to hit the you have nailed it, thank you Disney for everything um, button. But this movie, I think, will actually earn a higher place than, um, than in... As time passes, this will earn a higher place for future generations. Um, I still think that um, in terms of quality of movie, Rogue One was better. Um, in terms of actual film and storytelling um, and stakes. Oh and man, like we haven't even gotten into the cinematography and how much I want to murder it. <laughs> Solo, Solo looked awful. Okay. Anyway, sorry. We, that's for a different time. Um, this is... This is a movie in the Star Wars franchise that going down the road, when you sit down and you say, I got time to watch a Star Wars movie, and you pull it up and you can't get the originals to load for whatever reason because you're buffering whatever, (laughs) you'll look through and you'll say, okay, am I watching Force Awakens, Rogue One, Last Jedi? What am I watching? This one might show up in the argument. It probably won't be selected, but it's going to show up in the argument. (laughs) What a weird way to say all this. (laughs) I I know. (laughs) Because I, I thought about it, I like if I if I could only watch one of the new Star Wars movies right now, which one would I watch? Like, just I can only watch one. What am I going to watch? And it's probably right now Force Awakens. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, which I also have my problems with, but definitely best of the four. Yeah, I I loved Last Jedi. I loved it a lot. Um, but just in terms of the enjoyable tone of the movie, I, I would go that Solo. I would stop and I'd hover over Solo for a second and go. You know, I do that pretty frequently <laughs> with Rogue One on Netflix. Uh-huh. I don't know if anybody else does this thing. There's this thing where instead of watching a show, you just scroll through Netflix for like 45 minutes and then you're like, all right, I'm off to bed. Yeah. Uh, I do this all the time. Everybody that does that. And, I've done that. Um, I've done that. And, uh, and I get to Rogue One and I, and I stop on it and I'm like, oh, you know, I should, really, I should really watch that again sometime. Yeah, not today. You know, and over and over and over again. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. And I think a lot of these anthology movies may fall into that category, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. We've yeah. got Fett coming, and I'm sure Kenobi's in the works. <sighs> so, okay. And Kenobi's the one I'm actually excited for. Fett, I don't really care. Ditto. Yeah. Um, okay. So, my final thought on Solo is that it was fine. It, in fact, I would say it was good. It was a good movie as far as the storytelling goes. Um, at, it's been beaten to death. I don't like all the little things that were packed in, the fan service that was packed in. I did not love that. Uh, but here's the thing. Um, as far as like, Ryan, you say this a lot, like we need to take things as they are, not like in relation to this or that or the other. Um, if Solo were not a Star Wars movie, if this were just kind of a generic space opera, and I'm thinking back to things like Valerian uh, or Jupiter Ascending, you know, something like that, uh, if this were not a Star Wars property, if it didn't have Han Solo and Chewbacca and the Millennium Falcon, then people would probably go see it and they would go, huh, no, that was that was fun. And then they would go home and they would forget about it. You know, a, a month later, people would say, oh, what 
what did you like most about that movie? And they would go, oh, um, oh gosh, I don't really remember a ton about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it's pretty forgettable on its own. Uh, because it's part of Star Wars, obviously, this is, um, you know, it's a, a different point. It's a different conversation we're having because it is Star Wars. But on its own, it's only fine, right? And that's, for me, like I said earlier, I love Star Wars. I love it in a different way than you do, Ryan. Uh, but I love Star Wars, and that's not good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I want my Star Wars movies to be events. I want them to be memorable and long-lasting and all this stuff. And this one just didn't do that. Um, and that's, I mean, on a certain level, honestly, that's fine. It's not that big a deal. It's just the movies. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. But uh, I, I don't necessarily encourage people to go see it unless they are huge Star Wars fans. And I'm like, well, you got to go see it because it says Star Wars on it. But if, like my wife, she doesn't need to go see this movie. She's not going to get anything out of it. Anyway, all right. I'm excited to see what they do with Entrance Nest going forward. Uh, you mean uh, 14-year-old Maya Rudolph? I have no idea who it was, but yeah. Sure. I know, that, that confused me because she took off her helmet. I'm like, is that somebody I'm supposed to know? I don't, I don't know what's <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> there were some little moments like that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, she took it off and I was like, Maya Rudolph from the 80s? Yeah, well, uh, maybe not that long ago. Anyway, yeah. all right, you guys, let's cut and run. It's been well, well over an hour. Some people won't complain. They'll be like, oh, great, more Legendarium. And then other people will be like, dude, you guys, calm down. Let's get back to sub 60 minutes, which I do think we need to do at some point. We need to, we need to curtail our, our uh, podcast lengths here. Anyway, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, thank you to the three of you and to the two of you for judging us. I mean, well, one of you at least. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He Ryan, means Todd. Ryan, uh, I feel like you and I are probably pretty judgmental. We're probably still friends. <laughs> I think After so. This. I think we're so good. All right, cool. Oh, that's good. I, we survived. Oh, good. I we have a good it. feeling about this. I. Uh, <laughs> oh. She has had that in the chamber since <laughs> minute one, waiting for the moment to. That or, the, or may the force be with you, and I just thought it wasn't appropriate. For speaking, this. Of, speaking, I'm of so little, you, speaking of I'm little, speaking of little so lines, proud. speaking of little lines from the movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Moof Milker was just as bad 20 years ago when it was Bantha Poodoo. Yeah. Um, I, I hated that. <laughs> it, in fact, Bantha Poodoo makes more sense as a, as an exclamation because at least it was on Tatooine where Banthas live. Yeah. Like, there are no moofs on whatever planet they're on when they when somebody gets called a moof milker. We don't know. I'm going to look and find out what a moof yeah, is. Yeah, I want to know now. Moof is the thing that, uh, that uh, Luke is milking in Last Jedi. No. Isn't no? No. Oh, okay. I thought it was. No. Anyway. There's a name for that and it starts with an S, I remember, I think. Smoof. Okay. <laughs> so uh, let's go, you guys. Uh once again, hit up the legendarium.reddit.com to join the conversation and let us know who you think won based on last week and, and how pathetically you all uh, did in your def- definitions of uh, corruption i'm gonna guess that you'll all go with ryan and that's fine um <laughs> funny thing about that um, was it's not an opinion you guys <laughs> there is a correct definition <laughs> so anyway that's neither here nor there uh you can go to patreon.com slash legendarium to support the show maybe not based on the last 30 seconds of me insulting you all but uh <laughs> based on other stuff uh, and follow us on facebook and twitter and instagram if you feel like it whatever i don't care that's fine I care about the other two a lot more. 
So thank you everybody, and we'll see you next week for book or sorry, part one of book two of that thing. The name King Killer. Chronicles. King Killer Chronicles. So we're doing Wise Man's Fear, uh, part one, and we will see you all then. Thank you very much, and have a great week. 